The dragon stood before the woman who was ready to be delivered, that when she should be delivered, he might devour her son. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I know that we are here on the same page. You already know that there is no such thing as a pro-choice Catholic. Let me repeat this without any hint of nuance. You cannot be a follower of Jesus Christ and defend abortion. If you support this evil, you will go to hell. And that is even truer for a lawmaker than it is for a private citizen. Although you already know this, it is still something you need to hear from the pulpit. Our enemies, the enemies of life, who are also God's enemies, like to say that we Christians are unscientific. I will say a word in a moment about science, but first I would like to say a word about grammar. Our enemies, the enemies of life, who are also the enemies of reality, like to justify themselves by saying that they support a woman's right to choose. The thing about English is that it is a beautiful language and it works in a particular way. The word choose, for example, works best as a transitive verb, which means it needs a direct object. You cannot just stand there choosing. You have to choose something. No one sits down at a restaurant and looks at, the, looks at the server and says, I would like to choose, and that's it. He will want to know what you are choosing, whether you are choosing the veal or the trout. So we might ask our enemies, you support a woman's right to choose what exactly? Even they seem to sense that the direct object is a problem, so they only provide it when pressed. Do they mean that they think a woman's should, right should receive a tax rebate so that she can choose how to educate her own children and to choose whether she wants to have anything to do with a corrupt and immoral public school system? Are they talking about school choice? Is that what their pro-choice means? Maybe not. Well, then are they saying that they support a woman's right to choose whether or not she wishes to carry a concealed weapon in case she needs to defend herself. Is that a woman's right to choose? It can't be that either, though, since they are against executing rapists, but in favor of executing children who may be conceived in rape. So what is their choosing, and what are they talking about? And here they begin with their slogan, we support a woman's right to choose what she will do with her own body. That is what they will say. Now we are getting close to what they mean. Close to what they mean, perhaps, but not close to reality. First of all, women do not actually have an absolute right over their own bodies. For that matter, men also do not have an absolute right over their own bodies. We read in the book of Psalms, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. He made us, and not we ourselves. God made us, and so we are his. We do not have the right to commit suicide. 
We do not have the right to recklessly mutilate our own bodies. Our body and our soul both belong to Almighty God. There can be no such thing as a civil right that goes against God's rights. So their premise is already false. But now, this is where I want to say something about science. In fact, there is no one more unscientific than an abortion advocate. My body, my choice, they say. Do these people know anything about biology? I would like to know what part of a woman's body has its own heartbeat. Is it the foot? Maybe the spleen? What part of her body has its own nervous system capable after only a few weeks of feeling pain on its own? What part of a woman's body has its own distinct DNA? Do these people, but these people are not scientific at all. They are wizards and warlocks believing in arcane magic tricks. Their favorite trick involves creating a person out of thin air. Just moments before birth, they say a fully formed baby is still not a human being, not a person, and has no rights. But let the doctor or the woman say the magic word, and presto, the baby becomes a person once he or she makes it, makes it out and sees daylight, and then they perform magic. You might think this sounds absurd, but in a matter of life and death, the only alternative to stupidity is evil. The sermon this morning began with the description of the devil from the book of Revelation as he lies in wait to destroy the child. Our Lord describes the devil this way. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he stood not in the truth, because truth was not in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father thereof, as we read in the book of John. So let us not be surprised by the lies of the abortion cartel, and let us not hesitate to call them out. Now, let us look. Now, people tell us that we need to be civil, and so we do. When you walk over to your neighbor's house to ask him to do something, you are civil and polite. When you and a friend are disagreeing about your favorite painter or composer, you have the good sense to understand that there is no need to be rude about trivial matters. St. Paul tells us in the book of Romans. If it be possible, as much as is in you, have peace with all men. However, St. Paul knew more than anyone else that this is not always possible. There is such a thing as false peace. Therefore, we must be absolutely clear about this point. Therefore, we must absolutely reject cowardly slogans like, when it comes to tricky questions like abortion, People of goodwill can disagree. This is absolutely false. Reasonable people can disagree about vanilla or chocolate, but people who are informed and sane and well-intentioned cannot disagree about whether or not it is okay to dismember an unborn child. 
If you know what an unborn child is, and if you know what abortion is, and if you are still pro-choice, then quite simply, you are a monster. Now, not everyone who is pro-choice is a monster. Many people are pro-choice by default because they do not know better. Their brains have been turned to porridge because of their schools and the media. Our Lord pleaded for such as these from the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And for as much as the lucrative big abortion industry likes to prattle on about choice, in fact, many women are coaxed into killing their children by abusive boyfriends who refuse to take responsibility for their own sins. If we are to believe the shocking statistics, then it is likely that just about everyone knows a woman whose life has been affected by abortion. And in that case, her sin, like any sin, can be healed. In that case, being pro-life also means helping these women to find healing. The confessional is not a magician box, but it does possess the miraculous power of raising a soul from death to life. Many of those who describe themselves as pro-choice change their mind once they learn the truth. But let us not hide behind a false civility. Not everyone is simply ignorant. Presidential candidates who say things like abortion is health care or Planned Parenthood executives who line their pockets with blood money or doctors who betray the Hippocratic Oath by murdering innocent babies. People like this are dangerous psychopaths. But even for them, there is hope, which is why we do not give up on prayer. When we will celebrate the conversion of St. Paul in the coming weeks, we look at this great marvel of our Lord's mercy, which shows us the power of God's grace to overcome even the most grievous sins and blindness. And praise be to God, year after year, more and more of these mercenaries of the culture of death are waking up to the truth, and just as was the case with St. Paul, they become ardent apostles of truth. We are all aware that abortion is the preeminent human rights issue of our time. Since this is a point of natural law, which all men of goodwill are capable of understanding, it makes sense that in our public rhetoric we emphasize this fact. But if we were to look at this evil only from the standpoint of rights, we would be missing an even larger aspect of this evil, the spiritual and supernatural aspect. Abortion, like all willful murder, is evil because it usurps God's sovereign rights over life and death. And then, even when we come to the human victims, the deepest damage is also spiritual. Abortion sends millions of babies into eternity without the saving waters of baptism. Abortion, moreover, is not only a crime, but a sin, a sin that cries out to heaven for vengeance. Our civilization, when it was Christian, once understood that to do evil is always worse than to suffer evil. 
Those who have abortions, perform abortions, and encourage abortions are also victims, even if they do not know it. Because in slaying the innocent, they slay also their own soul. Can we even begin to imagine the spiritual implications of abortion for any society which becomes complacent about such an evil? It is a society that is in the clutches of the dragon. When we look at the evil around us with the eyes of faith, it perhaps surprises us that God has not yet fit to obliterate this world. For my part, I can only think of three reasons why he has not done so. Because of the number of the elect has not yet been filled up. Because our Blessed Lady is her, in her supreme goodness is obtaining mercy for us, a stay of execution, and because at some spot on earth, at every moment of the day, the Holy Mass is still being offered. My dear faithful, join us in prayer, especially at this Mass and following this Mass during our Road Rally for Life, as we pray to God that He will spare us and convert our nation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.